microphones, 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 microphone, 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 perfect. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Publish, Perish or Podcast, your opportunity to look behind the scenes of science and see how science organises its cutlery drawer. I'm Andrew Stapleton and joining me today are Christopher Gibson. G'day. And Cameron Shearer. Hello, Andrew. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello. Hi. Hello. So formal. Um, cutlery drawer. Obviously, I'm going to go out on a limb. Knives, forks spoons is the only sensible way to organize so left to right left to right as you read it okay that's not what i what i have well that's wrong then you're doing yeah, it wrong no, it was a different term is, that, yeah. is yours just or just thrown in randomly chris it was until our mother and my mother-in-law came to stay <laughs> and now it is uh perfectly perfectly organized yeah good good yeah. so that means you can find nothing uh, that's exactly right. And she, yeah, it, no, she's done a great job, but she moved all the plates and that. And so it took me about five minutes to find them the other day, but they're found. My question. Yes. What about spatulas, egg lifters, whisks, etc.? Pointless accessories. Go? Use your hands. Pointless <laughs> accessories. Um, they're in a generic second drawer where they get all chucked together. Ah, yes. Yeah, the you same do have that system one. we have. Yeah. Exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. We've got three spoon sections. This is ridiculous. What a world we live on where you need three (laughs) spoon sections. We're a spoon family. (laughs) Talk about (laughs) first world problems. (laughs) Yeah. What are the different kinds of spoons? So teaspoon, dessert spoon. Yeah, we no, well, so in one we've got we've got teaspoon and we've got longer teaspoon, which is (laughs) which is good for Milo's. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. How I know Australian exactly the kind of spoon you. you mean? Yeah. yeah. And then we've got the slightly larger spoon, I guess, which is good for uh, cereal, like a dessert kind of spoon. Yeah. Well, no, because dessert spoons are then in the next one, well, so it's is, is slightly smaller categories? than a dessert spoon. And what about the wooden spoon? That's we actually have another spot for our spatula. Oh, um, wooden collection. spoon and things like oh, that. You love the spoons in your house. Well, I think uh, I told you, spoon yeah, family. Spoon family. And I think I think in a way that is what science would do. Science likes to categorize. Science likes to put like things together in compartments. Yep. So that's that's how science would do it. I don't think science would do the second draw option that we've described the way we have. Chuck would, everything nope, in. Wouldn't do that. It would definitely yeah. have special sections for spatulas, whisks and, and assorted other secondary utensils. But have you seen that in many labs or in your own lab? I mean your own lab is very ordered, I should say the Yeah. The yeah. utensils that you use. Yeah, the, the tweezers and are such. They? Yeah. The tweezers in the in the AFM room are quite ordered. Oh yeah, they all lined all, up. All next oh, to each other. Oh, that's your OCD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It only manifests selective, itself at work. Selective though. OCD. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a very weird OCD. It's very selective. Yeah, very selective. Depends on the place as well. Yeah, I, I think that's good to keep some sort of order at work with those sort of things. Mm. Mainly because things walk, don't they? Things wander. Yeah. So if you know where things are, then no least, one can steal your shit. 
Well, they can, but you know when you it's missing. Notice it earlier. Yeah, you'll notice it a lot earlier, and then mm. you can start sending angry emails. Oh yes, start yeah. the new oh, year. The yeah. thrill. That's the right. Oh yes, I Get love that self-righteous up. feeling when you start <laughs> telling people how wrong they are. It's just wonderful. Yeah, and also we can all agree that there is no need for soup spoons. No. The slightly rounder spoon. <laughs> is that, that what a soup spoon Yeah, it's like slightly rounder. That's it. Is well, it slightly deeper than other spoons? No, it's actually a little bit shallower, I oh, think. All right. I don't know what a soup spoon is. Then. <laughs> You've been using ladles. <laughs> <laughs> the ladle. Where does the ladle go? In is the generic second drawer? second drawer as well. Yeah, yeah. There's no ladle section. No. Science would have a ladle section. You heard it here first, folks. This is some riveting podcast <laughs> material. You brought it up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. This is this is what it's all about. Yeah. All right, princesses. Uh, news for the week. Yeah, I got some. Go. Uh, paper accepted since we last spoke. Hold on. <clears throat> Another one. Yeah, I've had a pretty good run. God, you've had a really Every good run. Every podcast, you've got papers accepted, Cameron. Yep. What's yep. going on? Lots of work. Pro- I'm, I'm just productive. <sighs> Lord, here we go. Anyway. All right. So I've, I've cheesed this one uh, just for something <laughs> different. <laughs> this one's in Advanced Science, which is a open access journal that you actually need to pay to get in to, okay. to publish there. Who's that? Pub- a scam? Uh, I, I do think that they're a little bit of a scam, yeah, mm. because they really publish a lot of papers. Yep. 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 Who's the company that produces that one? This is Wiley. Oh, wow. So, yeah, okay. it's a relatively new one. I think it will have an impact factor of, say, between 5 and 10. Mm, that's good, though. Um, and this particular journal, we've this article we've been trying to publish for about six months. Ooh, and it that's was, a long time. It was really close to being accepted at uh, Energy and Environmental Science, mm-hmm. impact factor 23. <gasps> oh, whoa, another big one. And so that was the first place we sent it to, and it nearly got accepted. Like, Ooh. that was... Like one and a half good reviews, one bad review, and they've yeah. gone with no. Mm. And then we proceeded to go down the chain and just getting no's, like direct no's. Yeah. So it was pretty confusing to me why it almost got accepted yeah. in such a high one and then we just couldn't get anything out of anyone else. Yeah. yeah. I guess that goes to show you got to try your luck with with first submissions. Yeah, unfortunately, yes, it yeah. does show that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather it didn't. Uh, uh, I got another paper. We got reviews back, and this one is one of the my favorite editor. So the editor sends off the paper, it gets reviews. Mm-hmm. The editor gets those review back, and then they let us know, like, "Hey, the reviews were good. You know, we'll publish, or the reviews were bad. We won't, we won't publish. Send somewhere else." And so this editor, I'm going to quote exactly what they wrote in their email. Yes. Thank you for submitting your excellent manuscripts. Ooh, good start. You'll be pleased to know your manuscript has been reviewed and recommended for publication. So, excellent manuscript and we'll be pleased to know. Mm. Uh, I feel like that was pretty good. That but we was, still need yeah, to that's do, very good. We still need to do revisions. But I, I just like a positive editor. Yeah, that's mm. good. <laughs> Absolutely. That's great. No, and there's well a little on. message in there, a little wink. Like, yeah. Keep, yeah. It, keep up the good work, yeah. son. Yeah. You guys are excellent. Good pat on the back. Yep. I think I first read that one on Christmas Eve and I actually thought it was super positive and then I've gone yep. back to read it today and I'm like, oh, okay, it's it's not that it's, great. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. It's good. <laughs> it's good, but not that good. No, that's good. Well done, Cameron. Well done, Cameron. Rocking the science. One final <gasps> bit of news. Chris, yes. you and I work at the same institution. 
We do, Cameron. At that institution, are you or are you not the AFM facility manager? I am. <laughs> True or false, that facility is currently closed to all users until January the 16th? Correct. I used an AFM yesterday. <gasps> oh my God, Christopher Gibson. <laughs> oh. This podcast, honestly, it's really encouraging mutiny. Like, this is just no respect for rules this right there. This gets out my authority, my authority <laughs> is gone. <laughs> what would you, come on, Chris, give him a punishment. Oh, it's not going to be any really punishment. No, 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 you get to decide oh. right now, and the podcast listeners get to make sure that Cameron gets this punishment. 20 lashes with an AFM cantilever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm going to record that. That's a good punishment. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, fast scan AFM? Yes. Nah, that's all right. No. So I did tell you before you left that to stop people from just going in there and sneaking in to use it like I did, you should just be removing some parts, some really key parts from the instrument. Yeah, like the seat. No one's going to stand up and do AFM. <laughs> Actually, you're absolutely right. If I'd remove the seat, I could see Cameron walking in going, what the... Oh, fuck it. No, yeah, that's right. No I'll way. Go, I'll go watch cricket. <laughs> Christopher Gibson. I have news, which I have to now look up on my phone. Remember to speak into the mic, Chris. And I have to speak into the mic. And read. And read at oh, the same no. time. So I, I've, my news covers actual actual Christmas. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so um, can, I, can I tell you a little bit about my Christmas I'd, day? I'd love to hear it. It yes. was one of the best Christmases <gasps> I've ever had. That's so the lovely kids, to hear. Kids wake us up at 6am. That's perhaps oh. not the best part of uh, a Christmas day. You like that, do you? Uh, not, not especially, not especially. But it was nice to see them open up their presents and they enjoyed them. Then we went to the beach for an hour or two. Nice. The, living the Australian Christmas dream. Yep. Yeah, it wasn't too hot. It was all right at that stage. Came home, uh, had some lunch, and then I had a three-hour nap from 2 p.m. till 5 p.m. <laughs> Pretty good. And that's my best Christmas ever. <laughs> that's brilliant. I love that. Uh, yeah, so uh, I did get a pretty cool present. All right. An iPhone Whoa. Whoa. That's an upgrade from what you had before, which was a... Uh, whatever this thing in my hand is. Mm, Samsung thing. Samsung thing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you're joining the, the iPhone revolution. So I got one and my mother-in-law got one, but yep. hers doesn't work. Ooh. So she's now got mine. <laughs> oh. so, now, now so. we know the hierarchy <laughs> in the house. Yeah. <laughs> was, was that yeah. your idea? Yeah. I, <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I, no, no, I, I, I did actually say, um, maybe she, she, she could take mine, but that's really just to score points. Uh, yeah. Well done. Um, and so, so I have to wait for the, the, the crap one to get fixed and then, um, and then that's it. Good. So yeah, that's, that's pretty well it. Um, the only other thing was Cameron and I went on a mandate. Oh, I know. I sent Chris, I know you got in contact with me and I always say no to your request. So he's given up with me. And now he's asking you out on mandates. <laughs> mm. And how did you? Uh, do you think you'll see each other again? Uh, it went pretty well. It went pretty well. Um, it was all right, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, uh, no, it was good. The the banter was pretty good. Um, you know, uh, so one thing I want to ask: if you if you were to go on a mandate, would you sit directly beside each other in the cinema? We, yeah, we did. Yeah, obviously, textbook uh, mandate protocol. I've had yeah. friends of mine in the past. They're like, no, no, we always have a seat between us. And I yeah. was like. Well, that's a bit strange. That's, that's a high school boy thing. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're grown men. So I do like my space in the cinema, though. Yeah. And if I, if one of you had popcorn, 
and you weren't a fast eater I'd, and it was going to last the entire movie, I'd probably yeah. say, do you mind shutting the fuck up? Oh, <laughs> not, can I eat some popcorn? I don't yeah, know that's right. if we'd go on a second mandate if that happened. I just, said that, just imagine you shoveling in popcorn. <laughs> Are you it, goes, sort of, it goes everywhere. That's, I bet. Are you sort of person that goes... This is the bit where they do the thing. Like if you've seen it in the, or you, you've seen trailers. I or do something. that all the time, especially on DVDs and things like that. Yeah. Drives my wife crazy. <laughs> you got to watch this next bit. This next bit is awesome and crucial to the whole film. <laughs> oh, it's just finished. His <laughs> face is going red. There is. He's getting excited about talking <laughs> yeah. about movies. <laughs> but no, it was good. It was good. And we uh, afterwards we went and had a, a, a light beer. But yeah, no, it was good. And we discussed the film and all that. Uh, there was no yawning. During the film, no one tried to yawn and get the arm around the back. Oh, the textbook. None of that happened. Textbook date. Oh, see, what I think you're doing, Chris, is you're confusing date and mandate. Oh, I suppose, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because on a mandate, you just grab their nuts. <laughs> Did any of that go on? No, that didn't oh, happen okay. either. No, no. Not, nope. that I, not that I recall. No anyway. sneaky cinema reach around? No, no, nothing like that. You yeah. were both looking very suspicious. <laughs> Who reached around? <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. That's my news, really. We're on holidays, so yeah. not a great deal has happened. So, gentlemen, had a lovely Christmas. Brother was oh, here. He was on the last podcast. Yeah. Did yep. lots of fun things. Fan favorite. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Coined the term P-pop. P-pop. Which I'm loving. Welcome to yeah. P-pop. So much easier. P-poppers. That's right. Hello to all your P-poppers. It's made it sound so good. That's awesome. It's perfect. I like that. Anyway, today, I went back to work for the first time. Dropped him off at the airport. Went back. Mm-hmm. What? Guess what my first thing that I did in my current job for this year. You went and did a poo. I did actually, but after that. <laughs> tea room. No, we don't have a tea room. It's rubbish. Uh, emails. I resigned. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So new Very year, good. new start. I resigned. So. Oh, wow. Um, I sent off my, my email to say that I, after careful consideration, I will be resigning from my current position. And mm-hmm. this is because, and I'm happy to share this, that I got the Cosmos internship and mm-hmm. I required three weeks off from my current job to go and do that. And after a bit of discussion with my current supervisor, he told me that he was unwilling to give me three weeks leave, yep. even unpaid. Mm-hmm. And that if I wished to pursue this opportunity, that I had the option of resigning. Okay. And so I thought about it carefully and I thought, I will resign. So that's the first thing I did. Wow. So it feels very scary, liberating, and more scary. Mm. <laughs> because, I mean, I don't, th- I, I feel like I've published. So I'm not perishing, but I can see that happening in the future. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like I can see where I am now, drag that out a bit. So I don't know whether I'm leaving at the right time or leaving a bit early. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like this is to build up skills. This is to build up new skills that I don't have, make new connections, maybe start a different career. But yeah, who knows? Middle of next year. So in about, I don't know, five more episodes, we, uh, we'll see how that decision has played out. Middle of this year. Yeah. Very, very uh, exciting and important time. Yeah, that's right. That's great. So, officially on P-Pop today, I have left science. (gasps) Oh. I have left research. Wow. I feel fucking mental saying that. you are still working for three more weeks. Yeah. 
But when this is released, I'll oh, be fucking unemployed. Okay. I'll be listening to this episode in my underwear, <laughs> eating Doritos, probably smoking drugs. That's that the sound, way. That sounds yeah. amazing. <laughs> you bastard. Before or after nap? Um, let's oh, just say it? I'll be sleeping all the time. I mean, like, yeah. it'll just be constant <laughs> napping. Between, between naps. Between, exactly. Yeah. Between <laughs> naps. So, so, like, you touched on something that I just thought about was the whole the perishing idea. Yeah. So do you think that at some if you stayed in science in research at some point in the future if you and if you say you just thought I'll just do postdocs. Yeah. I mean, do, do people do that? Can you yeah. just postdoc forever with no real chance of getting a permanent position? I don't think you can postdoc you forever, that? but they'll I think you'll find someone who will keep extending your contract a little bit by little bit because maybe they feel sorry for you. I don't know. If if you if you've done ten years of postdocing and you still can't get anything, or you're just not maybe the sort of person that will, but I, get I've been a job, thinking maybe. about this, and I, I think if you're an employer and you've got someone who who's good enough to produce, say, two or three papers on a project, or three yeah. or four, or whatever. I mean, what did you produce on the last one you were on? Five. Five papers, right? So you've got someone comes along. Their track record maybe means they'll never get a permanent position, but they can produce yeah. five papers on a project. They've got a good chance of getting employed, so I think there's a certain level in science now where you'll you'll always be good enough to get a postdoc. Yeah, well, you'll people always, always be good want, enough to get a postdoc yeah, because people always people want science look at you being as, done. Yeah, people will look at you as like, ah, I can I can ring this person of some papers. Yep, and that's going to benefit me. Yep. Well, do you know what I realised? Maybe it was just before Christmas. Um, I went to a big sort of like talky, well, like what we've done this year thing. Mm-hmm. at the university and i realized that they no longer talked about science but they talked about the money science brought in oh okay not only have you got to be doing your postdoc and bringing in the papers you got to be out there smoozing you got to be schmoozing your way into money or applying for competitive grants and then if you get those the university is going to fucking love you mm. Mm. It's a bit of a shame that that's more important than the actual research outputs themselves. It is, yeah. But it is difficult to achieve any kind of research outputs without the money. It's kind of like a whatever snake yeah. chasing its tail kind yeah. of kind of situation. So I'm, I'm trying to understand exactly what you're saying. Is there a shift now towards not just academics, the full time academics bringing you money, but people people like you? Yeah, absolutely. There's I a mean, shift now. Yeah. Like not only should your boss be bringing in money. But you should be the bringing message, in money as exactly, well. Exactly. The message to everyone so not, is bring in money and we will love you. So not only should you be doing the actual research, mm-hmm. the, the actual the actual thing that allows people to get funded, mm-hmm. you've got to bring in money as well. Yeah. I think, I think, that's, mm. the, I think that's how it's going. Uh, yeah. It, it inevitably, it has to cause a shift in the focus of research as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, because uh, you've also got this idea that research now has to end up in something applied. And I'll tell you why. It's because competitive grants... Are getting more competitive the the pool of money is shrinking and now they're posi- the universities have pus- positioned themselves to be like hey we collaborate with industry why yeah. because that's where the money is you yeah. know like yeah. they're, they're making out like oh look we, we really want to help industry and we wanted to no like the sure it's a nice thing of course they want to help industry but the main motivation is this industry has got a product that they sell and they're willing to then give the university money to innovate with them. So Andy, is there any chance you went to the wrong party? Did you go to the celebrating grant money party and there was a different celebrating research party that you didn't go to? No, this wasn't a party. <laughs> I wish it was a party. It was a shit party if it was a party. <laughs> 
This was the director's vision for 2017 oh. to mm. her minions. They were at a podium and you were standing like perfectly, perfectly in line. Perfectly in line <laughs> with a little cap on with a little like lip on it. And at the end, we all applauded in rhythm. Lab coats on? Lab coats on, yeah, that's right, yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> and I want to point out, Chris has got a new haircut. Mm. You can't see it on the podcast, but you're looking sharp, Chris. Thank you. Thank Is that you. a new T-shirt for new Christmas shirt. as yep. well? Fuck yep. new me, new look Christmas at this. Shirt, uh, new haircut. Are um, you combing it forwards a little bit, or is that just how it's happened to have so gone? I, I, I've got it. He's going bald. That's why you're pushing it forward. <laughs> yes. Not, are you worried about the? Are you worried about the Andy look? I mean, not worried not about this? Not at all. Come on. Not at all. No. No. Um, no. Look, viewers, I've still got a lustrous head of hair. It's just very short. Okay. And the advantage of it is, is I, I'm done with brushes. I'm done with combing my hair. I'm just okay. done with it. Okay. I'm done with it. So it looks choppy. Looks messy. I get out of the shower, run hand back and forth. Yep. That's it. That's Beautiful. it. That's all I want to do now. Beautiful. That's, I'm done with 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 styling. So the reason I, I focused on you, Christopher Gibson, yes. is that I got a question from the forum. Bring it on. I don't know these people. I have no really? idea who they are. Yeah. Look. The forum's gone off, mate. There's been Whoa. two comments today from people. I have no idea who they are. Cool. That's how this is going. The question from the forum was, Chris, what can you or could you bench? <laughs> <laughs> all so, right. all right. Give me, no, give I want to hear both. I want to hear both. Yeah, give me your, your like... At your peak, what could which, you bench? What could you bench when you're oh, at I, your I, peak? I absolutely, I, like, I couldn't do it now, no. obviously. Um, <laughs> And, and what's interesting about that is doing, uh, trying to work out what your maximum rep is, is reasonably dangerous. Answer the question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I have to actually think about it. So you can actually, on the internet, they have these things called one max rep calculators. I so bet you spent hours on that going, I've got another, I got another pound. Skibos, pound, count up. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll predict what you can bench. Right. Um, so you don't have to try and do a single. Or anything All right, like that. we get it. Um, Give us the numbers. No, that's stupid. What did you actually bench? Yeah, come so on. So the Chris. most I've actually benched is, let me think. I think 120 kilos. Oh, Chris, that's massive. Yeah, yeah that that's was, two of me. That was 2008, 2009, I think, around then. Well, was that my buffers? That's like you grabbing two of me by the knackers and lift <laughs> and benching them. That's excellent. Well, Andy, actually, what does a bench look like? <laughs> it's just a flat. <laughs> bit of material that you people sit on. But uh, what's interesting about the human body is the human body's very... Andy was lifting his arm like a bicep curl before when he was describing a bench. I wouldn't be able to bicep curl two Me. of you. No, the bench right. press involves pectoral muscles Look, and deltoids. Yes, we can all laugh at the guy that doesn't know, can yeah, we? Yeah. So 120 kilos, I'd say. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, that's, that's massive. Thank you. Um, well done, Chris, 2008. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Chris 2008 says thank you. Chris 2017 says fuck. <laughs> and what can you bench now? Oh, uh, so I did go to the gym last year. Hang on. So it's only just this year. Do you mean December? Or oh, like, sorry, uh, 2016. You... I mean 2016. So, but like okay. six months ago? About like... six months ago. Okay. So, so it was... Uh, and. I went. We'll probably take it. Whatever you give us. On yeah. and off for about five weeks, so I could bench about ninety kilos. Then that was about the best I could Ooh. do. Ninety. That's still. That's still that massive. Yeah. But that was after about three or four weeks. Like yeah. if I'd gone in, you know, the first session and tried to bench ninety kilos, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Yeah. But even doing a push up now, how much do you weigh? Uh, I probably weigh like uh, about 100, 110, something mm. like that. So even one push up. So getting up and down off the couch is quite a bit of exercise now. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I get buff just moving around. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah, well, there we are. Um, forum. Good question. Yeah. Anyone will really read any question from the forum. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Quite clearly. Um, <laughs> keep coming. If anyone wants to know how much I can squat and leg press or deadlift. Boring. Or All of that's very boring. <laughs> um, we also had feedback on Twitter. Oh, Shit. cool. Some Twitter. We're not even on Twitter. I know it was through me. Okay. They oh, talk yeah. about the podcast through me, andymatter.net. And uh, it's Dr. Creasy. Oh, so, that's Noni. Huh? Rhiannon Creasy? Yep, yep. I know Noni. Where is yep. she? Uh, she's UQ now at the moment. Yeah. Uh, University and of she said about episode 20, some laughs and then some feels. A real good one. Oh, oh thank you. No, there we yeah. are. So there we are. So apparently people want a bit of laughing and a bit of Chris being sad about his career. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that the one that just went? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I, 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 when I listened to it, um, I, I'd forgotten that that was the one where I went, it's dead. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My dreams are dead. My little science munchkins. Mm. I'm one. You are That's one. Mine. And you're one too. Our topic for the day is writing. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that is exactly the response, I think, that most people have. Why? It's like, got to write a thesis, got to write a paper, got to write a grant. It is, it is kind of hard. It is kind of hard. And I think for me, the hard point is the starting point. Do you know what my first note is? Where do you start? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what advice would you guys give on how to start? I mean, for me, it does vary a little bit sometimes. Sometimes I will write uh, an outline, depending on the kind of thing. Like for a paper, I might mm. write an outline of points I want to cover in the intro, the methodology, the results, and the conclusion. Yeah. And then I try and fill it in from there. But that is not a hard and fast rule I always follow. Mm. So I start with graphs and figures. Mm, okay. Yeah. I lay them out in an order that I think tell a story. And then I put dot points underneath about what each graph shows broadly and then more specific and more specific and more specific. And then um, just fill, fill in the dot points like with, with full sentences. I would start with like the outline that, that Chris went with and then do the figures and the dot points underneath them. Yeah. Uh, but what I have written down here to, to really before even starting... The dot points is I work out in my head like what's the point, like what's what's this main message, what's the novel thing, like what's the title going to be basically, like what's yeah. what's the interesting part of this, and then as soon as I have that in my head, it kind of informs how the next bits are going to be. Mm. Uh, yeah, and then intro experimental results. I mean, I definitely don't write them in the in a linear fashion. I kind of just what I feel like doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I like making figures in the morning and then writing in the mm-hmm. afternoon. Yep. Uh, or okay. sometimes I would make figures in the afternoon and then start by writing the next morning. I don't think I don't have a hard and fast way because, you know, it's really the it's the easiest thing that procrastination can stop us from doing. Mm. Mm-hmm. I definitely I think you can do figures at pretty well any time. And I do see, I, I do understand doing them kind of first-ish in the list. Because that's the results and that's really going to shape what you're going to talk about in the end anyway. Mm. So I do understand that. But I, these days, I probably do start with the intro. Yeah. I tend to. What about writer's block? What do you Ooh. guys do when you hit a point at any point in the paper where you're like, I, what do I do now? I seem to have hit a wall. So I heard an interesting thing about writer's block. And it's not 
so someone said once or i read somewhere there's no such thing as writer's block just you being a perfectionist mm-hmm. so i kind of thought about that and i thought well yeah I, the only reason i don't write stuff is because i'm worried about it not being right mm. but once you get rid of that because i mean the great thing about now with like chris you'll love this computers mm. um mm. is you can edit the fuck out of everything and the way I start writing a paper, like I dread to think how much I edit and delete and then someone else deletes and puts stuff in. Like must be, there must be like 20 iterations on one oh, sentence days, yeah, sometimes, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I after reading that, I don't have writer's block. I If I'm like, what am I trying to say? I just start spilling words out. Yeah. So I just start writing and then I worry about it another that's day. That's something I've... I've- probably done in the last five years someone did say something like that to me they just said just get it out just Mm. doesn't matter if it's rubbish doesn't matter so much if it's even wrong but if you hit a sticking point just put words it's easier to change things even if it ends up being drastically changed yeah than it is to try and put something perfect straight away Mm. on the screen so i tend to do that even bits where i'm struggling i'll just put something down Mm. cameron writer's block yeah, I think that the where I'm really getting stuck now is that the more I know, the more I feel like I have to be sure of something before I would write it down. Sure. Whereas yeah. I think when I first started in science, I didn't really know anything. So I was kind of just following what other people had written in the past. Yeah. So it's like my AFM image looks like this. And so that means it must be this, just like what these other people have said. Mm -hmm. Whereas now I really would interpret the data my own way, which makes me really second guess myself until I am sure that that that's true. Like I don't really rely on, I saw this, so therefore, and same as these guys, so it must be okay. Yeah. So the other thing is we're all probably at points in our career now where we are not necessarily always writing the first draft of papers. So we're writing them in conjunction with other people. So we aren't, you know, often we're not the first person to write the paper. Mm. What do you like to see from the student or whoever that you're with when they're writing? Like, like I mean, obviously you like to see words. You like to see something <laughs> done quickly. Yes. The main thing I, I would, what, what I see is lacking, what I would like to see is a good grasp of the literature. And I feel sometimes in the papers I read the first draft, that seems to be really missing. Mm. So, so one thing I tend to try and do is I try and try and at least have some good handle on the literature in the area that I'm going to be publishing in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, have, have at least looked at some papers, read some, because you're going to have to cite them anyway. You're going to have to know something about them. Mm. So that when, I, when, I, when I read students' first draft of papers, often that's woefully missing. Mm. Just one of the things I'd say. What what is missing from the the students when they're writing the first draft that you'd like to see more of? Well, I think it's generally that they would, I mean, kind of do what I did at the same point in the Mm. career in that they would see a result, they'd find someone with the same result and just say, okay, it must be that and not really look into the theory. I mean, it's kind of, you know, the the background literature. Yeah. So I had one recently where someone had analyzed the sulfur XPS spectrum mm-hmm. that analyzed two different samples, two different sulfur XPS spectrums. Um, they looked identical, but they had labeled the peaks differently in the two. And okay. so one time they were labeled correctly because sulfur always has to exist as two peaks. And the other time they labeled it incorrectly. And it took me a long time to explain to them why 
<laughs> why they can't just have the same graph and label it differently. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's just part of the learning process. It's yeah, like, that is true. It's not yeah. like you get taught that anywhere. I mean, that's just, it comes up and that's when you learn. Mm. Yeah, yeah a, lot, a lot of the, I mean, a lot of the process of learning how to write a paper, like you just have to do it through trial and error, really. Yeah, I think that's changing though. I think yeah. like, I think maybe when we went through, I mean, what, five years ago, six years ago now, like PhD stuff. I mean, Chris, fucking, I mean, oh, no, a long, long ago, time ago yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. But it was just like, write a paper. There you are. Off you go. But mm. I think now, I mean, we, we touched on the workshops a couple podcasts ago, but mm. like, it's like, this is how you write a paper. You make sure Facebook is not on. <laughs> you, you know, all, but, and then they talk you through the ideas. So I feel like people are getting more, um exposure to how to write papers but not as undergrad either At undergrad we want them to do lab reports yeah like and that's yeah. just those are fucking boring as bad shit it's just like the same the format experiment. of a lab report i guess has some things in common oh yeah but, paper, it's but just, not much i suppose so i think i was reading a situation where they were saying that undergraduates should be re- reproducing science oh okay so in first and second year uni people should be taking a paper trying it mm-hmm. and then writing their own paper based on what they what they found oh, i like that idea mm. yeah it's interesting yeah and but not yeah. only then are you are you repeating science which it needs to be done because you know i think there was that study that so many like a really high percent of papers are not reproducible yes i think it's a great idea but it's not too dissimilar or to what labs are already i mean one one day those experiments that undergraduates do were new. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose that's true. <laughs> and it's only laziness. 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's only laziness stopping people updating them regularly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, at, at Flinders, I think they're they're starting to go through a round of, of, of changing the labs. Right, um, right. Which is a huge amount of work uh, with, for, for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Um, it's all, we had a little tip earlier about writer's block. Mm-hmm. I've got another tip. Tell me if you agree with this. Never leave the day, so never finish your day writing with a completed section. Always start the next section so you know you know where you are heading or thought process because if you just finish a section, you mentally go, done. Okay. Whereas if you start the next section, you, you're kind of, you, it's easier to get into it when you pick it up again. I haven't heard that before. I mean, I I finish sections. Mm. <laughs> and no, you're I, doing all right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I definitely finish sections. Yeah, well, I, it's, I it's like nice. that. I think like the human aspect of it is like, yeah, this is done. Like yeah. I've done this section. Perfect. Psychologically, I feel a lot yeah. more positive when I finish the day and I've done a section. I think it's a good idea because starting is the hardest part. Mm. And so, that, I mean, that's kind of giving just that leg up for starting the next day. Mm. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yep. I might try it. Yeah, good. Let me know how it goes if you do. All right. Will you ask? No, I'll forget. <laughs> All right. I'll remember. Let's never mention this again. <laughs> <laughs> our next section is Science This, where we use our transferable science skills to science the shit out of an everyday activity. And today, the science this topic is swimming in swimming pools. I don't swim every wow. day. Wow. Woohoo. I don't Woo-hoo. swim. Do you do you swim? I can. I don't. Okay. Just I mean anything that falls into the exercisey basket, I yeah. tend not to do much of. Um, all right. Who wants to go first? I don't mind. 
What is the purpose of swimming? Exercise. To get to the other side. Yeah, so you're saying it, it's 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 to travel? I don't I don't think so. It's it's, 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 it's not. You know, if I'm I'm heading home from Cameron tonight. I ain't gonna swim. Can't do it. There's no water between here and there. Anyway, it's dry. Uh, so it's exercise. So how do you maximize the exercise you can get out of swimming? You okay. increase the viscosity of the liquid. Uh, Jesus, yes, that is one of my <laughs> ideas. Um, so, like, you've got these these special gloves you can wear that actually are supposed to um, oh, like increase webs. the resistance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've got some sort of tethered swimming. I think I've seen people do, and and I've seen mobsters do tethered <laughs> swimming. It doesn't end up too well. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's one of the things. And so, my idea was um, exactly that. Like, can you change the um, medium that you're swimming in to produce uh, more of a cardiovascular and strength? Yeah. Um, enhancement and so like you would think what are the two things density and viscosity so what's the thickest thing you could like the most viscous thing you so, could I mean, swim through one little difference as well is what what do you need when you're exercising that's very typically hard to get you, you, you're expending energy right yeah so it's kind <laughs> of hard except when you're running you have to carry all this water with you and we had some friends recently um Heavy D, Big Daryl, Heavy D, hey, Justin Chalker, Mike Perkins, and Nick Ridgely went on a 60K run. Got some good naming right yeah, there. Yeah, 60K run. Only and one nickname, though. What's that? Only, Only one, one nickname. Yeah, That's come on. True. Think of nicknames um, the rest of them. And so they had to carry food with them and things like that. What about, what about having the medium you're swimming in oh. having some calories in it? Yeah? Yeah, I think, okay. it, I think it does. Some, sometimes people poo in the pool. <laughs> I'm not thinking. So you're like swimming through chocolate mousse. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, honey glucose. or molasses is probably going to be too thick <laughs> to swim through, but you could have like a glucose solution. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure that if you increase the sugar content in water at a certain point, you're going to increase the viscosity. So what you yeah. could do is you could increase the sugar content in the water to you get, you increase the viscosity so you get, you know, it's harder to swim through. Yeah. And then while you're swimming, you can go, oh, geez, need some more energy. Gulp, gulp, gulp. <laughs> Get piss. some more sugar mm. in you. Mm, and this you tastes can, like sugar and piss. And you, can, <laughs> and you can keep swimming. And therefore, you'd never actually have to... Um, you'd never be, you never. You could just, like, petrol energy, you just go forever. Swim, swim, petrol energy. But you've got to release the byproducts. You've got to poo and wee. Oh, that's all right. You can it's do that. It's behind you. Yeah, it's yeah, behind yeah. Behind yeah. Behind yeah. the guy's behind <laughs> your problem. Yeah, exactly. Except when you flip around and have to go back to, through it again. So before mm. you move on, mm-hmm. if I change the density of the liquid... Would I? I'd be more likely then to float. Yeah, exactly. How is that then going to change? Yeah, when, if less of my body is in the water, at what point does it just become crawling? Well, exactly. Like <laughs> it's just cement. If, yeah, I mean, if you filled it with mercury, you could just run on it. Yeah. Um, so I think you're right. The, 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 there's going to be a point with density where I'm sure probably density might make it harder to swim through, but because you're going to float better, less of your body has to move through that fluid. Right, and so I. I no, but I, you're wanting to maximise exercise, so you kind of want to go through it, don't you? Because it's harder. Exactly. So I don't think increasing density is a good idea. I think viscosity is the Did main thing. Th- oh, viscosity. Viscosity is the main thing. Are they, how are they interlinked? Yeah. What's the units of viscosity? Oh, I can't fucking remember now. No uh, idea. Come on, Chris. This is your science. This. Let's bring uh, it home. It's. I, I have to. I'd have to look that up. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, I, don't I know, know. Obviously. Uh, densities uh, grams per centimeter cubed 
mm. and viscosity, I don't know. I'd say there has to be a weight in there and there has to be an area or, or some Cameron's sort of distance. Cameron's Google unit. time. <laughs> it's a new segment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you put in elevating music or something? <laughs> Okay, it's kilograms per S per meter. Oh, so there's a time component in there because that's seconds. Uh, oh, shit. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't know what S was. Yeah. No, look, Cameron, I was with you. <laughs> <laughs> I just like someone else taking the fall. <laughs> yes. So uh, now look, no no science this from Gibbo would be complete without some genetic engineering. All right, come on. Good. So the... You need something. What's what produces extra effort in human beings? It's adrenaline, right? Fear. Yeah. Fear makes people perform about thirty percent better than they normally would. That's actual fact. Is that a actual fact? fact scientifically been shown? Yep. All right. Good. I saw it on a TV show, Stanley's Superhumans. Anyway, <laughs> the other. Uh, so what you could do is genetically engineer some sharks. So they don't have teeth. Oh, Jesus. Right, and you set them after people while they're in the pool. Yeah? But but the teeth are the scariest part. They're essentially eels without teeth. Yeah, but like on a roller coaster, you know you're safe, but you're still afraid you're going to fall and die. That's a very good point. So a shark coming at you with maybe, maybe fake rubber teeth mm. would would you know spur you on How to about swim teeth faster. That just hurt a little bit, but give away when it's too much, like like a little retractable knife. Yeah, okay, that sounds fine. All right, yeah, good. I'm up for that. Please, yeah. I helped. And one last one: a new kind of swimming pool, a zero g swimming pool. So you just swim in globs of water. Is this from the trailer? That's from to the, the trailer movie. of the movie that Cameron and I were on a mandate on. <laughs> uh, but obviously, you can, only, you can only do that in space. <laughs> but you still want to do it. I do. It looks cool, it doesn't it? It looks fucking awesome. <laughs> Except the girl was drowning in the film clip, but it still looked fun. Yeah. Gibson out. Andy, what do you got for us? So, are you going to have the same as me again? I hope so. All right. That'll be third week in a row. <laughs> yeah. You hope so. I hope so. <laughs> so. When you go swimming, what do you do? Well, when you get in, so you get in, you pay your money, then what? Uh, you get changed. Get changed. Where do you get changed? Changing rooms. Um, Changing rooms. Towel, right? towel around my towel, pants. Exactly, right. Towel around your pants. First thing. <laughs> no, no, sorry. I stand in the middle of everyone. <laughs> and get naked. What, do you towel around your pants in the changing room? Yeah, just like oh, double. Oh, you boy. <laughs> <laughs> Just double protection. Double bag it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case some little kid walks in and goes, Daddy? <laughs> no. Obviously. I'm, obviously not me. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, double bag that shit. Anyway, you changed. What have you... Then you head to the pool. Yeah. Yep. Towel, you're probably still... I'm still in my towel. I've, I've <laughs> still got my socks on. <laughs> you're wearing a jumper and tracksuit pants. <laughs> and and army wet. boots. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so you're I'm not like, even in the water I'm, yet. I'm not even. This is a. I've seen about six dad dicks and, you know, like, as you walk by. In the, I mean, you know, dad dicks are just so much fatter than normal dicks, aren't they? Like, like when you walk past the showers and you see them, and you're like, "Fuck me!" Like Jesus yeah. Christ! I don't know what happens just, after you give birth. After, after you give birth. After you sire a child, something yeah. happens. It's just yeah. they're massive and they're just out and about. Like just yeah. anyway, so that happens. Chris is just nodding. Nodding. Yeah. I got oh, a yeah. big fat dad yeah. dick. <laughs> I concur. I concur. Yeah. So you head to the you head to the pool, right? You take off your your boots, your socks. And stuff. 
Then you get finally, in. Finally. Finally. You're Several in. pairs you of dive, underwear. <laughs> you dive straight in before anyone can see you. you dive, that's right. And you cover your nipples <laughs> as you jump. <laughs> Put right. tape on them. Anyway, yeah. You swimming about for a little bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Right. Now the biggest question. You need a wee. <sighs> All right. Ooh, yeah. What do you do? Well, that's... well. Do you swim to the deep end and hope no one notices? Or do you get out? Well... Uh, a pool is a like a massive toilet, really. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's all water, isn't yeah. it? It is all water. It's all pipes. I think we know well, what Chris know. would do. <laughs> I I say go for your pee, and I got a science reason for it as well. But. Do it. All right. So, what I'm saying is, before you get in the pool, you're walking down the corridor, and there's an ultrasound that measures it measures your bladder size. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it says, right, this person has got X many liters of liquid in their bladder. They oh, jump out. I like this. They go into the pool. Then on the way back, oh, Christopher Gibson's oh, bladder uh, has got no. The volume's decreased. Ooh. He's pissed in the pool. Ooh. Then you tax. Then on the way out, they make you pay piss tax. Piss tax. Piss tax. Piss tax. All right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And um. I looked it up and it and so you can wee before you go in. Include that into your look before the, like looking at dad dicks bit. You can have a wee. Okay. All right. In the cubicle. In the cubicle. On the floor. <laughs> into a puck, Into a bucket and tip it down the toilet on your way out. Um, so uh, the average bladder volume is from between four hundred to six hundred milliliters. Wow. Wow. Do you think that's... Less? He's impressed. Yeah, that's right. Do you like that, <laughs> Well, <laughs> Yeah, anyway. And so if you wee, right, the normal urine um, output per hour should be between 33 and 83 milliliters per hour. So unless you're in the pool for a really long time, you know, the, the algorithm would obviously just work out right. It was this many li- milliliters before based on the volume. Now it's going to be increased by a certain amount okay. and it takes that into account right, so it's, ex- so it's look, expecting it's more it's expecting more but of course if you went in with a little bit of wee and released it and then let it build up it would know because the algorithm would know yeah I mean it's an algorithm it's an algorithm isn't it that's right so, so do, do, you, do you feel that when you get into the pool, yes. you get a more urgent need to wee? Yes. Then you have, and what do you think that is from? Is that just the bladder contracting? It's just being a filthy fuck. Yeah. Being like, I could piss in this and have people swim in it. Yeah. No, no, I mean like, like, like when, I, when I, I can go to a pool, not feel like doing a wee, get in the water, it's kind of cold, suddenly I need to wee. It's because you're surrounded by people and you want them to be in your wee, Chris. It's a psychological thing. <laughs> So I, I just like to you like to wee on showers. people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but tell me about no, your. I read that. I read about that. That's true. Yeah. yeah. What golden showers? No, 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 no. That's not what I was talking oh, about. Okay, <laughs> but tell me. So you said you had a thing about why it's okay to pee in the pool. Yes. Yeah, so right. um, chlorine's used as a disinfectant in pools. Yep. And if it was just chlorine, like floating around there as chlorine ions, it's actually quite dangerous because. If the pH gets too low, it would mm. release chlorine gas. Oh shit! Uh, which is very bad. Yeah. So the chlorine actually exists in these chloroamine salts, mm-hmm. and so when you piss, your urea would turn into more of these chloroamine ah, salts. Okay. So they're actually kind of your piss is turning into the active uh, disinfectant yep. in the pool. Mm. So and you're that's not why, actually weeing; yeah, you're actually cleaning the pool. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's why are we in pools? It's a public I service. I knew it. I knew it all along. <laughs> it's a bloody... public service I'm doing. I think that's really good. Thank you. Um, mm, but of course, I'm pro P, so yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's I wouldn't right. go to that pool, but that's fine. I mean, I don't have to go to that pool, do no, I? That's right. No, you can go into one way that it stinks of piss. You could have different pools. You could have pro P pools and, and non pro P pools. <laughs> pro P pools. Yeah. We're getting very close to P pop. I'm not, I'm not sure whether I like it. <laughs> do it. All right. I'm going to go super science, uh, and then I'm going to go not so super science. Okay. Super science. Swimming. To go really fast, what you're actually doing is you are pushing yourself against the water. Yeah. And so that is really a great example of Newton's third law of every action has an equal and opposite reaction Mm. because you're pushing backwards against the water. Just like Chris smiles, people grimace. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's exactly right. All right, and so the formula for force is F equals MA. Mm. A being acceleration, which is actually... Um, is there an S in it? Yeah, there's <laughs> there about to be. <laughs> so I was getting confused because S is also displacement, okay? Okay. All right, force equals MA. Mm. A is also velocity divided by time. Right. That's the S. Mm-hmm. So now we have F equals MV divided by T. And so I'm yep. maximizing the velocity of our swimming. Okay. So I'm going to rearrange that equation to get V velocity equals force times mass times time. Mm-hmm. So to maximize how fast you are in each swimming stroke, yep. you want the highest possible force. Yep. So how hard you push against the, the uh, water. Mm-hmm. You want the maximum mass that you're moving. So you want to be able to cup as much water as possible. Big as gigantor hands. Big gigantor hands. Yep. Uh, fins and then T you want that stroke to go for as long as possible yeah so there you go science it yeah that's the science of swimming boom take uh, that Ian Thorpe yeah with your humongous feet and hands <laughs> and long stroke <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> strong body oh that's why you're so good <laughs> yeah, yeah you just described Ian Thorpe <laughs> uh, but I mean humans aren't the fastest swimmers nope. in the world um, in fact the marlin is the fastest animal in the ocean. Where did you find this out? Uh, internet. Yeah, good. Uh, good, good, good. So the marlin can travel at 129 kilometers per hour. Jesus mm. Christ. And the sailfish is the second fastest going at 110 kilometers per Ooh. hour. Now, Andy, uh, you might not know exactly what they look like. No. So I've analyzed their bodies. Okay. And uh, they both have really massive tails. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, a fish is essentially a head with a tail. Yeah, and, yeah. A, and a bit between connecting those two. Mm. Yeah, uh, They have a, f- a really large f- um, fan-like fin along their, along their back. Oh, yeah. And the then, dorsal fin. Thanks, biologist Chris. And then instead of swimming, uh, so going up and down like a human, would they swim from side to side, uh, swapping, sw- swishing their tail swishing, around? Yeah, yeah. I didn't look up that word. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and they both have really massive pointed noses. Oh, I'd be good at this. Oh, that wasn't the joke I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've been doing this too long. You know, the, oh, no. you even know the jokes when they're coming. That's it. I ruined it. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, all right. So then, my science for swimming is that uh, freestyle. They've been doing it wrong the whole time. Freestyle. Ooh. You should swim exactly like the marlin and the swordfish do. Boom. 
They've got to get on their side and yep. do like a floundering fish yes. movement. Yep. And they'll be faster. Uh, according to uh, history, yes. Perfect. And, and they would they need gills? No, hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, twenty five meters. I reckon. I would like to see if it's possible to win an Olympic gold medal in the freestyle, which I don't think. I'm assuming freestyle means you can swim in How any, any style way you want. Yeah, yeah. If, oh, yeah, if it's suppose, possible yeah. to yeah. do yeah. my on your side, pointed arms, yeah. flounder. Uh, uh, with a massive dorsal fin. Yeah, I think that there is. I mean, in aircraft we have what's called aerodynamics, but in fish and uh, marine animals we would have what's called hydrodynamics. So the the shape of the entity is very important to how yep. it moves through the water. I think a human beings got too many fucking gaps and and nodules, and we're not very smooth. Speak for yourself. That. I'm as smooth as the day I was born. <laughs> I'm looking at massive amounts of hair right now. Look, I'm sorry I mooned you. <laughs> Cameron? Good. Not bad, Cameron. All right, so you said swimming and swimming pools. Oh, we're not done. And right, so, so you've done I mean, swimming. So I science swimming. I mean, that's done, 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 one. Science. Swimming pools. Mm. So uh, there's actually a lot of chemistry going on in swimming pools. Mm. So I already mentioned before the P, the pH of the yeah. chlorine. And, and we saw like in that. the Rio Olympics the oh, yeah. green pool. Yeah, you get it a bit wrong. Yeah. It can look Whoa. terrible. Jesus. And so there's actually been a number of uh, terrible E. coli outbreaks uh, oh. related to poorly kept water. Uh. Uh, so the biggest one that I could find was the Walkerton disaster in Canada <clears throat> from May 2000. Uh, it's actually not pool-based, but it is E. coli and water-based. Uh, the water supply from the town was contaminated with E. coli uh, from farm runoff. Um, if the people who were managing the water supply were competent and knew their chemistry, they would have been able to control it with chlorine and other, and they would have tested it to see it was coming, but they weren't yeah. competent. And so E. coli was in the water supply. 5,000 people got gastro and bloody diarrhea and five people bloody died. Bloody diarrhea? Bloody Ooh. diarrhea. Oh, God. I thought, I thought you were like, bloody diarrhea. Like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, but like, that's a thing. Oof. That's a symptom. Symptoms? Bloody diarrhea. <laughs> That's bad. Jesus. Yeah. That's very bad. Um, and so chlorine obviously works <clears throat> great, but it has that problem where if the pH goes wrong, it can release chlorine gas mm -hmm. that I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I reckon we could replace chlorine with a photocatalytic uh, lining in the pool. Ooh. So there we are. That's good. All this, this is something like the self-cleaning windows that mm -hmm. I think we've talked about before where yeah. you can coat a surface with a particle yep. when light hits it it gives it energy to drive a reaction and that reaction can be to um destroy uh, biological material or to get rid of smelly um molecules that aren't supposed to be in the water yeah wow I'll tell you what that's a good idea that's, actually that's actually a very good idea yeah yeah outdoor pools i've written a grant proposal to do it uh not for pools but for wastewater in yeah. agriculture yeah, nice. Good one. I like it. I like it a lot. Let us know how the grant goes. It didn't get up. <laughs> <laughs> to all those out there yeah. listening who assess grants, you fucked up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You fucked up bad. Boom. You were gibburned. <laughs> gibburned. <laughs> gibburned. <laughs> Take that. 
Music is provided by the excellent Adelaide-based band Voicerom. Check out their stuff on their Bandcamp website. Also, remember to subscribe to us on your favourite podcast app. Like the Facebook page. Join in the forum. Because that's the thing to do now. And that's how you'll find out how much Gibbo can squat and bench. Oh, no, you know benching. I mean deadlifting. Any matter than that. And leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get this podcast. Cameron? You were just listening to Published Parish or Podcast. It was brought to you this week by Event Cinemas. Uh, Cameron and Gibbo recommend a mandate at Event Cinemas. That's so beautiful. I do as well. You yeah, two are so good. cute Very together. Yeah. All right, Jets, final farewell. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.